Good morning, everybody, and happy Sabbath. Uh, thank, thank you, everybody, so much for your patience and, and, and everything else. We've been struggling. I don't know if you heard, and I apologize if it was distracting the whisperings up there and everything else. We had some issues with the sound this morning, um, and video was coming through, but not sound. Then the slides couldn't come on there. Let me ask you, where are we now? No, we got sound online. Are we going to be able to put at least slides up in the screen? I know they may not happen online, and that's okay. But can we do that? Yeah, glory, hallelujah. Look at that. Excellent, perfect. Um, if one of you guys could set the TV in the back when you guys can also, um, and then we, we should be good. I think you got to change the input. It's on. But anyhow, for everybody that has been online, thank you for your patience. I don't know if anybody stuck around watching. We'll go back and cut out the beginning of the service where you heard nothing. And for everybody else here, there should be no more whispering up there. I apologize and thank you, thank you, thank you. We had a, a service here on Monday and we moved some stuff around and we didn't put it back for them for this morning. And so, uh, yeah, we're here. But I want to invite you to pray with me as we get to the Word of God today. Can we do that? Let, let's, go, let's go ahead and pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, I come before you and I want to thank you so much, O oh God, for giving us the opportunity to come before your throne of grace to your house of prayer. Um, I know we didn't get a chance to hear online the, the children's stories and the songs that were sang, but Lord, I'm asking now at this moment, as we're about to open your scriptures, that you pour out your Holy Spirit, pour an anointing not only over me, also over the listeners. I ask this humbly in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uzo, can you look with me just a little bit? It's like right down here and yeah. Actually, it might help if you just cut off the monitors because then I don't hear me. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Okay, so uh, anyhow, uh, today's message is entitled The Origin of Evil. Let me tell you a little bit of this. I want to give you some background on this. I am not a big fan on talking about the counterfeits. I give the example here before about people who discover like counterfeit money. They don't study the fake stuff. They study the real one so well that when anything fake comes among them, they're able to determine whether it's real or not because they know the real and the genuine. However, the reason for sharing a little bit today about the origin of evil is because it has been an impending question in our society, especially in the last several years that we have lived in the last two years. Notice what I said, especially in the last like 20, 30 years that we have experienced in the last two years between the COVIDs and the elections and the gas prices and the war and all of these different things. I mean, it has felt just, just, just terrible. And, and, and so now in moments like this, it's important to know a little bit about the origin of evil. Why did it start? How did it get here? Why is it that it seems like in a world that we're in, when we have such a loving God, so much unloving stuff is happening. How and where and why. And so, even though I'm not a big fan of teaching about the fake stuff and the counterfeit stuff, it is important for our very own survival. Go ahead and put the next slide in the screen. It's a picture of two snakes here. I, I could never get this right. 
I know they made up a song about it. You know, this is a snake that is red, yellow, and black. But apparently, if it's red and yellow, it's going to kill a fellow. But if it's red and black, it's a friend of Jack. I don't know who Jack is, but he can keep him. Because I, I don't understand. But, but you know, when I, go, um, when I go to different parts of the world... And, and, and I go camping and, and everything else. Like I went to Iceland some years ago. I went to Kenya some years before. That. I went to Israel and Jordan. You know, when I go to these different places, I take a look at what's in the area and the do's and don'ts. You see, it was sometime in 1980-something when some of the pathfinders went camping and a couple of friends, we were doing a survival camp, and they confused the colors of the leaves and wiped with the wrong stuff. And boy, did they regret it for the next several weeks. So you want to be able to recognize the real stuff from the fake stuff. In this case, one of this can kill you. The other one, not so much. And, and, and so they're, they're all, I know the TVs don't do it justice, but they're pretty much the same colors, except that the pattern is different. And so the one that has red and yellow touching, that's the one that's going to hurt you. And the one that has red and black, that's the one that is not going to be venomous or anything like that. So you're going to be okay. And in nature, it happens a lot. You have, you know, a, uh, like with snakes, for example, you got the, the uh, eastern milk snake and the copperhead that look very similar. You have the eastern hognose and a cobra, very similar, and so on and so on, where with, with certain plants and certain animals, you have one that it's okay and another one that is not okay. And you have the same thing with the followers of God. Some who looked apart, dressed apart, talked apart, and even pretend to act apart, but not really. And then you have other ones that are. And so this is why understanding the origin of evil is very, very, very important. Because you see, the devil, let me just put it to you this way. Picture the following scenario right now. Imagine that suddenly somebody in here gets up and it starts acting like one of those Hollywood movies. You know, head spinning, a little bit of throw up. Don't you know how everybody here will immediately start praying to God? Because the experience of true evil will scare people enough to at least say, I don't know if you're out there, but no, please, whoever, dear heavenly, to whom it may concern, please, you know, help us because this is really scary. But the way the enemy works is by twisting the character of God. I've mentioned before that that's what happened with Adam and Eve. You know, Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. But then, what did the devil do to try to get her to sin? No, no. If you eat of it, you will become like God. I was already created like God. And you just confused me and, and twisted me up to sin to try to attain something that I already had. You want to be happy. You want to have eternal life. You want to do well. I have a friend in Jesus. But the devil says that happiness comes from all this other stuff. This is why when I was a kid growing up, I used to say, you know what, church people, is, church is boring. Uh, that's for old people. Like, I'm going to do my life, and when I get older, then I'll go to church. When, when I'm too slow to have fun anyways, I might as well go do the boring stuff. Because it seems as though that that's where happiness came from. And so, the biggest target right now that the devil has for people is really... Having us question why does such a loving God 
allow these things? Why would he allow sin? Why is he permitting all of this? Isn't he in control? Isn't he in creator? Why? Great controversy, page 492. And this is like in three or four parts because we wanted to put big letters. So whoever's in the camera, just keep, keep up with me. Okay, this is great controversy, 492. And it says the following. It is impossible to explain the origin of sin so as to give a reason for its existence. Yet, enough may be understood concerning both the origin and the final disposition of sin to make fully manifest the justice and benevolence of God in all his dealings with evil. Nothing is more plainly taught in scripture than that God was in no wise responsible for the entrance of sin. That there was no arbitrary withdrawal of evidence of the, of the withdrawal of divine grace. No deficiency in the divine government that gave occasion for the uprising of rebellion. Sin is an intruder for whose presence no reason can be given. It is mysterious, unaccountable. To excuse it is to defend it. Could excuse for it be found or cause be shown for its existence, it would cease to be sin. Our only definition of sin is that given in the Word of God. It is the transgression of the law. It is the outworking of a principle at war with the great law of love, which is the foundation of the divine government. And so this is a very lengthy excerpt here. But bottom line, the Word of God says that sin is transgression of the law. You break the law, you have committed sin. If there's justification and, and if there's excuses for it, then, then, then we're not at fault then. So the, the whole, the, the devil made me do it excuse that we hear a lot. Yeah, that's not, you can't, you can't do that. You can't blame it on the devil. You cannot take responsibility of yourself and say, he made me do it. This is on you. This is our choices and our actions. See, in the beginning, when everything was perfect, even in heaven, when everything was done, you know, you notice that there was no sin, no evil, no wickedness. Everything was ideal. And this is how it was intended to be. This is what God created. He founded something of love. Colossians 1.16, we'll have that on the screen. And it says the following, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things, the next slide says, were created through him and for him. He made it all, and it was all based on the foundation of love. My God is love. But there was someone in heaven who chose to pervert this creation of God. Lucifer, Lucifer, the devil, Satan, you know who he is. You know who I'm talking about. He's the one that did this, but here's what you may not understand. He was... Uh, a high-ranking officer among the angels. He was a cherub that covers. He was one that was prestige. That that if next to Christ, you know, so so like God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit. There's Christ. Then it was him. That's who he was. And yet somehow that was not good enough for him. The Word of God shares a little bit of what was going on through the mindset and what happened here in Ezekiel chapter 28 and we'll read verses 12. It says, "Son of man." Take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Some of y'all, when you put those filters on with your cameras, you think you're perfect in beauty. Let me tell you this. He really was, and I cannot even imagine what that was like. 
I mean, this world right now is full of beauty, and it has been decayed by sin little by little, but somehow it's gorgeous still. Could you imagine what perfection looked like? Yet he was perfect in beauty. Verse 13, it says, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, a diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You know, timbrels and pipes, you ever heard the expression like, whoa, you can sing, you got some pipes in you. Could you imagine the voice that this angel had in him? That Lucifer had verse 14 it says you were the anointed cherub who covers I establish you you were on the holy mountain of God you walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones and verse 15 continues it says you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you and so he was perfect up until the point that iniquity was found in him. And this is something, I, um, just in case, quick digression, do you know the difference between sin and iniquity? This is what, this is what I tell people. A sin, it's where, you know what, um, so, something happened to me, somebody says something, I get angry at that moment, I was thinking murder. You know, like, like the bulls in cartoons, when they see red and smoke comes out of their ears, you know, you're like, ah. And at that moment, I may have given into that one temptation. And iniquity is something that you, uh, as the text says, get away from you who practice lawlessness. It's an ongoing thing. It's something that you plan, that you plot. This is more like a bank heist that you are scheming and planning and organizing versus you saw somebody leave their wallet there and you had a moment of oopsie both of them are distasteful in the sight of God but one of them like iniquity you are practicing it you are one you are planning you are working on this you know th this is this is more like a for for those of you who are adults this is more like a six-month affair versus a one-night stand this is you planning and plotting and booking and doing that's iniquity this is what was found in the devil and you know what cracks me up uh, and in and, 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 and an ironic way, God did such a good job making him so amazing. Look at verse 17 of Ezekiel 28. It says the following, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. I don't know if it was the shiny streets of gold. I don't know if it was water and he saw his reflection. But he's walking around. He's like, look at me. I am just beautiful. I am so pretty that I don't deserve... To be like next to Jesus, I should be like above everybody. Because of your beauty, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you. And so you know what happened with him. Look at verse 6 of the same chapter, Ezekiel 28, 6. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God. He wasn't good enough being a creation. He says, I am too pretty to just be a creation. I need to be like God. Isaiah 14, 13. Look what it says. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. And verse 14. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. The most high. Here you have him, because of his beauty, he set his heart 
to be a God, and not only a God, but, but above God. He wanted to be above the Most High. Now, a question that I often get asked is, why did God not smite him right there and then when, when he tried to uprise against him? I want to share this quote from, uh, from Great Controversy, page 498, because it did a good job explaining it. Had he been immediately blotted from existence, they would have served God from fear rather than from love. The influence of the deceiver would have not been fully destroyed, nor would the spirit of rebellion have been utterly eradicated. Next slide, please. Evil must be permitted to come to maturity. For the good of the entire universe, through ceaseless ages, Satan must more fully develop his principles. That is, charges, next slide, against the divine government might be seen in their true light by all created beings. That the justice and mercy of God and the immutability of his law might forever be placed beyond all question. And so, bottom line is, if somebody, if the, if the devil was accusing God of being unfair and unjust, and the Lord smite him right there, it would have created fear among the rest of the angels. So, all of the statements and all of the accusations, time will tell. I love that. I have people, you know, um, I, I do a lot of marriage counseling, relationship counseling, and things like that. And, 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 I, and, I, and I tell them, you know, somebody had a bad breakup and, and they said, but I found this person, it's really nice. And I said, listen, if you want to know if it's true, just, just wait, take your time, slow it down. They can only fake it, but for so long. Are they really that nice? Are they really what I guess? I've had couples who start dating after a week and then they want to get married the next week. And I'm saying, slow it down a little bit. Time will tell. You know, I don't want you coming back and saying, that's not the man that I marry. How do you know? You never knew him before you marry him. You just kind of wanted to just slow down. You could tell if they're really faking it or not. You know, there's not the whole fake it till you make it kind of thing. You know, you got to just, just wait. Time will tell. Time will reveal. Well, guess what? The devil accused God so much that time will only reveal that what he was saying was not true. When he says, you are unjust, no, it was him. You are unfair, no, he doesn't care. All you want is people to worship you and serve you, and that's all you want. No, that's what the devil wanted himself. It is being revealed, and it has been revealed. And, and so time will tell, and time has told us exactly that what the devil said was nothing but lies. But this is more like, okay, have at it go ahead you know the Lord let him be so that it could be revealed exactly what it was but here's the problem the same spirit of rebellion that started in heaven is right here on earth right now as well we are living it and we are experiencing the same messages and warnings that that were brought you know home to the conscious Satan is trying to thwart that and this is why you know when we go right ahead and we try to reach out to people share the Word of God try to love people it's hard because this word has become unlovable to the things of God and they don't want to hear it don't you dare listen if you see somebody with white shirts and ties in pairs knocking at your door you best believe almost everybody will avoid you because there are people out there knocking on doors, you know, and they, we, we know them. Sometimes they ride bicycles, you know, and, you know, mm, 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 back up, you know. Have you met Jesus today? No one wants to know and no one cares. They, we, the world has turned into such a way that they're against God. They're not even neutral. They're highly against it. They want tolerance for everyone and anyone, lifestyles, choices, preferences, except godly people. 
They don't want Bibles and the Word of God and prayers in schools or anything like that. But once they're in prison, then yes, we could bring the Bibles in there and then we could pray to them there. I mean, by that point, it's kind of a little bit too late in some respects. Nothing is too late for God. But when I say, why couldn't we start when they were young, train the child, you know, while they're young? But this is the world that we have been in. And so, when you uplift God, just like what happened with Abel and Cain, you know, others try to bash you, you know, literally sometimes, and, and because of what we have gotten to. And so the same is representation of the character of God in heaven, at the garden, and so forth. We are seeing that today. And it's a shame. Let's look at Exodus 34, 6, which is the John 16 of the Old Testament. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Verse 6, it says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Verse 7, Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. I mean, he is a merciful, loving God, but the devil keeps making us think that everything that he does uh, is God the one that's doing it. That's why when a hurricane, tornado, or a tree falls on your house, insurance companies call it an act of God. God had nothing to do with that. Great Controversy 500. Look what it says. Great Controversy 500. It says, In the banishment of Satan from heaven, God declared his justice and maintained the honor of his throne. But when men had sinned through yielding to the deceptions of this apostate spirit, God gave an evidence of His love by yielding up His only begotten Son to die for the fallen race. In the atonement, the character of God is revealed. The mighty argument of the cross demonstrates to the whole universe that the course of sin which Lucifer had chosen was in no wise chargeable upon the government of God. God. You see, there has been a contest between Christ and Satan. You know, during the Savior's ministry here on earth, the, the, the character of that great deceiver was unmasked. Why? Because what happens is that, you know, the devil say all of these things about God, but Jesus came to die for us. The devil even had the disrespect to try to get Jesus to bow down and worship him. I mean, this is how arrogant he is. This is how arrogant he was at the time. And so much did the devil try to deceive people that it worked. His own people, the people that were preaching, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming. When he came, they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Not knowing the great love that Jesus has. I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus did not, Jesus held back on the worship of angels. Okay? Until he presented a request on our behalf. Do you know what it is that the Creator, the one that deserves all the glory and worship, he says, no, no, chill. There's something that I need and I have a request. Look at John 17, 24. It says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory in which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. In Hebrews 1.6, it says, But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. He came, he died, he pleaded for you and for me. And yet the devil is out there just bashing the character of God. 
This is a problem. Evil began because of his own beauty, not that God created it, and now he's attacking the very existence of God. And so now the guilt of Satan is stood without excuse. Now it was clear who Jesus was because we got to see his character, and we got to see the character of God truly revealed. And so now we know exactly how it works. I mean, we need to worship the Creator. We need to stop doubting and throw Him aside and blaming Him for everything that we do. We also need to stop blaming Him for things that we do upon ourselves. I go speeding down on, on Route 10 and go 200 miles an hour, get a ticket. Why do you allow this to happen, God? Why me? It was true. You know, we need to stop thwarting the character of God. Second Corinthians 5.19. I love this verse. Especially for those who think that God and Christ are different. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. This wasn't just like God is mean and Jesus is love. No. My God is love. He was in Christ. He was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and has given us the word of reconciliation this is who God is and so now that we have seen the love of God now that we have seen and revealed the, the, the origin of evil and what the devil has done also know that his end is coming very very soon look at Hebrews 2.14 it says the following it says in as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Ezekiel 28, 18. Look what it says. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitudes of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Verse 19 continues. This is Ezekiel 28, 19. All who knew you among the people are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Malachi 4, 1. For behold, that day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. We got one more text today, but I want to pause here for a moment because I need you to understand. Number one, number one, God created everything perfect, sinless, and in a foundation of love. He did such a good job that one individual says, I am way too pretty to just serve. I need to be served. I need to be above the most high. And suddenly he coveted to ascend and, to, and he created his heart. He says, my heart now is going to be like a heart of a God. And that's what he did. And the way to do it, it was by thwarting the image of God, by talking bad about him, by bashing him, by twisting him, by making it seem as though everything he asked of us is unfair. Okay, and, and so when God allowed the devil to continue on was simply for our sake. You see, this is just like that kid in the Spanish church that I grew up in Camden, New Jersey, that for weeks and weeks and weeks, I shared this with you before, but it's the best way that I can understand this. For weeks and weeks and weeks, week after Sabbath after Sabbath, he kept trying to, to stick something inside the socket. Well, one week he did. And he just bounced a little bit, smoked across the side of the wall, pop! Never again. 
And every time I see him, I joke about it. So you want to stick something in there? Go ahead. You know, look, I carry a little knife. You know, go ahead. Just, just put it in there. Go ahead. Do something. You know? And, 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 and he's like, mm, 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 ouch, I hurt. You know, because he got to see what it was. And, and so what happens is, what happens is that by us seeing now the, the revealing of the character of the devil versus the character of God, once sin is done and over with, we will not see rebellion again. Sin will not rise a second time. Because we've seen how terrible it's been. This is why we are where we are. Nahum, last text for today, chapter 1, verse 9. What do you conspire against the Lord? He will make an utter end of it. Affliction will not rise a second time. And so... Here is what happens. I need you guys to understand something. When you allow God to work in your lives, number one, when you allow God to work in your life, there's a couple of things that happen. First one is you are a witness and a testimony to his character and who he is. In other words, no matter who I was in my past, when Christ lives in me, What's going to change my family, my kids, my neighbors, my co-workers? We were talking in the Bible study this morning about how we need to receive strangers and love our neighbors and remember brotherly love and how rough that can be sometimes. But what a bigger testament is not how much I know the Word of God in and out, Greek, Hebrew, or whatever. No, no, no. It's how I live my life. It's going to be the biggest testimony to the character of God. However... I want to make it clear, I don't want you following God, loving God, and serving God simply to say, hey, look at me, look what I can do. No, no, I want you to do it because you want a relationship with Him, because you want to be with Him, because you cannot wait for Him to, 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 to just spend eternity with you. It's not just so people can see you, because some people do the things of God for prestige. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. I read a text a couple of weeks ago where they say, if they start believing him, we got to stop it. Lest they take away our title and our positions. They, they wanted their wealth. They wanted their titles. So I need you to be a sincere follower of God. And as a result, as a side effect of that, you're going to change the people around you. Okay? Number two, when you make that decision, know that the devil is not pleased. This is what's going to happen. He's going to attack you every and any way possible. Believe it or not, sometimes he might get you even too busy. Uh, I, I, I'm too busy doing work for the Lord that I can't spend time with the Lord. Sorry, I got to go prepare this and do that. You got to slow it down a little bit. You can't. You, you, you have to. Okay? And, and, and so that's the idea. Love him. As a side effect, people are going to see him through you because you're going to reflect this light but know that the attacks are coming so you need to be grounded in him even more come what may remember god never really keep people from situations but through situations through the storm through the mess and through the chaos so that's it there you have it there's the origin of evil that's why it was allowed to happen this is why uh you know people ask that question they're giving more credit to god than what he deserves he did not start all of this the root of all evil and the cause of all evil has been him who keeps twisting the character of god and if you want to keep reflecting the character of god make sure that it's a genuine surrender 
I'm not sure how else to say that. Next time I'm here, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the enemy and humanity and how that conflict looks like. But for right now, I want to invite you to pray with me. Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, we come before you. Lord, I know that, that this was a little bit different than how I usually preach. Normally I talk about history and God and, and God only. But we talked a little bit about the devil and how it all began. The problem is that... It's amazing because some of us could fall guilty of all of these things. Man, I did really good today. And I'm thinking it's just because of me, not because of you. Man, I got money and I'm thinking it's because of me, not because of what you have done. Man, I got beautiful children and I'm thinking it's because of me, not because of you. Suddenly, we fall to recognize that everything we have, everything we possess, everything that we do is not our own and it is a gift from above. But we often confuse your blessings and your gifts as though it was our own doing. Just like the devil. You created him a beautiful, perfect angel. And he says, man, I am way too pretty. Father God, well, I know I'm not way too pretty. But I also know that I am not good enough. We all fall short of your glory. Help us always remember our dependence on you. And help us continue to grow in love with you and in turn reflect you so that everyone around us can get a glimpse of your glory and your love and of your mercy. We ask this humbly in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let everyone say, Amen.